Welcome to the Grow Tribe. I'm Melissa McGowan and I have been supporting teams and people grow for over two decades. So it might sound like I have it all figured out, but that is far from the truth. In my early 40s, I experienced my great energy crisis. It brought me to my knees. I was living and leading in survival zone, either doing or feeling healthy, but never at the same time. For myself, my family and my career, I realized I needed to make some changes and my biggest learning was to manage my energy. I felt more connected and alive and I became the practicing chief energy officer of my life. And this is where the real growth started. I needed a tribe. I looked up and I realized I was not alone and neither are you. Go to Grow is about connection with real and messy growth. The failing, the learning, the healing, the vulnerability, the bravery and the aliveness not just the glossy outcomes. We'll help you connect the dots between your energy and the impact you desire to have in your life. Our guests help create space for you to grow. They provide insights, inspiration, and information. We'll call them the practicing chief energy officers of their lives too. Go to Grow helps you navigate the rocky road towards greater growth for you. You having some laughs with your team? Laughs at work? What? Well, that's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, It's an energy discussion. It's a fun discussion. And of course, it's a real and messy, enlivening growth discussion. I'm joined by Laurie Perlstein from Toronto. Laurie has worked as an actor, stand-up comedian, writer, casting director. She worked in advertising She was in New York for a period of time training. She's done lots of different things and she's pulled it all together in her company that she now runs, which is called Playworks. And she works with teams to help them use things like improv to get in the present moment, to dance on the edge of our comfort zone, you know, to help us adapt and just have a laugh, get in a bit of flow. So she gives us lots of things to think about today in a, in a great, um, real, like I said, discussion. So enjoy. I am recording with Laurie in Toronto and Melbourne. Oh, my name's not Melbourne. My name's Melissa, but I am in foggy Melbourne this morning, but the sun is poking through. So there is nothing to complain about on this particular Friday morning. Laurie, you are in Toronto with your purple um, glasses on and I'm here with my purple top on, fresh with sweat on it after a jog this morning with my husband, where, of course, we managed to squeeze in 20 minutes of communication about what we're doing this week, the weekend, all the kids' sport, a couple of business decisions and what we're going to do today. So it was you know, highly effective uh, and it's great to talk to you. So, Laurie, I'm looking forward to our chat, actually. There's some things we discussed when we caught up a few weeks ago that I circled that I would love to dive into today. So welcome to the Grow Tribe, Laurie. Thank you. Happy to be a part of it. Awesome. Now, I like to get a little little personal and, and really hear from my guests about some of the things that I talk about and work with my clients a lot with and and the simple things that we know make sense, yet in our weeks, we often don't do. For example, I would love to hear how is your energy this week and what, what have you been doing to tend to that? I walk an hour every day. I mean, even in the dead of winter, I got one of those 
um, I have a regular bike and there's this stand you can put on the back that turns it into a spin bike. So I went and invested in one of those thinking, oh, cool. there's a snowstorm. I'm going to have that in my living room. I have like a solarium, lots of windows. I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. I have not used it once. Even when it was raining, the idea, raining, snowing, 50 below zero, the idea of getting outside the apartment and yeah. fresh air and listening to podcasts. So that, that's, that's how I get through it. It's fresh air. And then friends, thank God I have friends who have backyards or garages and the heaters have been on and we sit by a fire at a distance outside. So I'm not breaking any rules. Um, that's, that's how I stay sane. I need yeah. to exercise and get fresh air and stay connected with people. And I stay off social media, but I'm, I was never on social media a lot to begin with, but I do find it's helpful, uh, to not make that a part of my, like anyone I want to speak to or who wants to speak to me, we've got the phone, we've got FaceTime, we've got Zoom. We, I, I communicate yeah. with everybody. On the masses where you're not really connecting, it's like just a comment here or there, does nothing for me. Yeah. So friends and family, staying connected and laughing and playing oh, games connection. online, it's all, yeah. it's, it's all that matters but, to me. Right and now. movement is what I'm hearing you say, like movement and connection, and gee, don't you notice it? when you don't do it, you know, and if you, I had a couple of days this week where I was just in a bit of a funk and I just kind of didn't do my normal things. And the contrast has got me back there. And I'm like, right, I've got to get moving this morning. Cause I feel so much more, uh, I feel clearer and more confident and more connected if I am moving my body and I could feel myself tipping into that kind of survival zone, like that reactive zone this week where you're distracted and then you're focusing on different things and then the inner critic speaks up and it's, you know, it's all kind of, um, it's all happening. So yeah, I, uh, I love you sharing that with us. Uh, tell me Laurie, and this is, a, you know, this isn't a necessarily question just about the now in, in, in lockdown. Um, you can take this more broadly, but you know, when do you feel alive in your life? I think it's laughing, being around people. I'm definitely an extra. I mean, I'm a really good introvert as well as I've noticed uh, living alone during this. But, and, and music. I was with a girlfriend of mine last night and she's going through a really hard, aside from this lockdown, something, you know, really incredibly difficult. And I said, all right, we need a dance party because that's, that's my fix good music and moving in that way, you know, it's not about what it looks like to other people. It's how it makes you feel. And it just, you know, gets the endorphins going. And she's like, oh, you know what? I'm not in the mood. And so I thought of a song. And of course, now I'm having a, oh, it was in one of Spike Lee's movies. Now it's going to drive me crazy that I can't think of what it is. This is what happens husband's at the end of the day. husband's a music expert. I can, I can go no, and get him. I'm going to know what it is. It's just crazy that like now you're asking. Uh, Ooh, child, things are going to get gonna easier. easier. And I literally heard that song in my head. And I went, yeah. I need to play this for And I go, wait, stop. I put that song on. And then both of us just started moving. And it was like, huh, there you go. And that everything was great. just better. It's reminding me of last year when we were in a prolonged lockdown here in, in Victoria in Australia, you know, and the four kids were rolling around the house doing various iterations of real schooling and fake schooling and Minecraft playing and, 
you know, parents were trying to like keep their shit together. And sometimes it got a little tight in the house, the tension. Mm-hmm. And so my husband loves vinyl, like, you know, and he, he's got like the decks downstairs. And I just remember there was one afternoon and he, he found, he dusted off an old record he put on and it was like, everybody was Kung Fu fighting. And the whole family like, we were just in the, you know, yeah. in the lounge room, like. Right. It changes Let's stop the real fighting everything. and do Kung Fu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It changes everything. Oh yeah. We're big, we're big fans of music. And, and, and I, I mean, how good is dancing for the soul? Like, oh my God. I just booked into a retreat that I'm going to in August and I noticed that they've got a resident um, DJ for the week of this retreat. Now it's kind of a transformation retreat. I'll be doing some deep work and the music will be varied from like big fat beats to, you know, kind of, I guess, more spiritual stuff, but I don't know, I can't wait. <laughs> going to go tribal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I find that's been my, that's my medicine. That is literally my antidepressant. Yeah. And so this lockdown has been very difficult because I'm the person that goes to live music once a week. Like I have my posse, I have my favorite bands, I know all the venues in Toronto that have, so I've just been doing it at home. Like two weeks yeah. into the lockdown, I emailed all my friends and I go, virtual dance party Friday night. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even know what that was. No. And I just was like, we need to grab a drink. We each pick one of our favorite songs. Yep. And, you know. Yeah. There's a recipe right there. Like, yeah, and that's what my husband was doing, these, like, sessions, little DJ sets on, I don't know, Twitch and stuff, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram Live or whatever. We did that through lockdown. It was so fun. Like, you know, like my mum was getting into it and all sorts of people were getting into it. But, you know, the other thing that you've just also reminded me of when you're talking about that medicine is um, I did an episode last year on the podcast. It was episode 20, and we talked about the benefits of – cold water swimming so i had three women on who shared right (laughs) but you know what came through was more this how it impacts how they feel and just getting in their body and present and mentally more resilient emotionally stronger you know burnout recovery these kinds of things so it was just another example of everyone has different uh i guess tonic don't they that is that medicine for them? And I love hearing about the different things so that people tuning in can just consider trying right. different things. Sure. Like so many people got in touch with me last year and said, I never would have thought I would be the person who would be going into the, the bay in winter and just, you know, sw- dipping and swimming around for five minutes, like, and that it's been transformative. Like I've literally, and so that reminded me of that how we identify as like, I'm not a runner or I'm not a, you know, like, like I'm not a person who would swim in the bay. Well, you know what? Like you, you might be. Right. (laughs) Or like, I'm not a person who dances around my living room. Give it a try. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So can you tell us um, a little bit about uh, your background? Because, you know, I love, I'm obviously growth is our bottom line here where we're obsessed with growth and in the real and messy way, not the, you know, here's the LinkedIn update and here's my big fat promotion or here's the course I've done and I went to Harvard and, you know, great. Those things are all good and they're great outcomes. But, you know, we know the journey includes lots of other things. You know, it includes failing and learning and being vulnerable and showing up and having great wins and celebrating and connecting and all of these things. So I love hearing about people's backstory and any sort of pivot points that, you know, they now see as they look back over their career and their life. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do. 
Well, let's just say that my life has been a constant pivot. It's, it's been nonstop since way before that word became, you know, the, the word of the year. Um, I always knew that I wanted to be an actor when I was younger. So I did musical theater. I sang in bands. I did, you know, commercials, TV. Like, I, I kind of, that's where I always thought my life is going to be. And I'm, that's, there, there was really no other uh, thought in my mind. And, you know, life happened. I wanted to go to study theater in New York at 18. Uh, I've told this story a few times. So basically, I'll just do this Seinfeld, yada, yada, yada. It didn't happen. There were a bunch of, you know, personal family things going on. Didn't make it to New York. And I kind of, then I got into casting because casting gave me an opportunity as an actor to be in the room and learn what are these directors saying? Who are they hiring? Why are they hiring them? Who's doing the good work? And why is that considered good versus that person? Uh, And it was for extra money and it was a learning opportunity. I ended up having a knack for it. I started going down that road. 10 years later, I'm still thinking about as, you know, a boyfriend of mine was ready to get serious. I can't get serious. I can't think about, you know, the next phase of life and getting married and having a bit. I mean, I was at the age where I could have been thinking about it, but my head wasn't there. It was still on going to New York. So 28, sold my car. Took my life savings, went to New York, went to theater school, stayed there, did every every dream I ever had and a million times over, like things I never would have dreamed all happened. And then 9-11 happened. And then when my visa was over and school was over, I couldn't renew my visa without a job. Did a one woman show hoping someone's going to come and see it and save me and I'm going to tell my story. So I wrote a show. What do I know about writing a show? I I do other people's material. I basically wrote my life story and the clock ticking until my visa expired. I didn't know how to do that was like the most major pivot I think at that point if moving to New York at 28 to live your dream wasn't wasn't crazy enough. And the the song that I had playing at the beginning and the end was an Aerosmith song and the line is life's a journey not a destination. Because now I was going to have to go home. And then it was like, well, did I fail? Was this all for nothing? What I was meant to be here. What am I going to do when I go back to Toronto? Go back to Toronto, start acting again, meet somebody, get married. Like every single element was a pivot. So then I started teaching because I had had this amazing education. And I mean, I think that teacher is within me, but... Really, the teaching was like, if you can't afford to go to New York, I'm going to just tell you Uta Hagen's method, Philip Seymour Hoffman's method. Like I had just been influenced and had the most impressive people in my life. And they really taught me what acting was all about. And that just turned into such a passion. And there seemed to be such a need for it. I started teaching classes and... My biggest problem with teaching acting was, as much as I'm passionate about the craft, I had to be honest with people if I didn't think they had what it took, right? Like if someone's like, oh, I'm looking to get an agent now. Can you help me find an agent? 
I don't think you're ready to get an agent. And I wasn't saying that because I wanted them to take classes with me for another three years. My other problem was I didn't charge a lot. Everyone's like, you should be charging more. You're a really good teacher and everyone charges more than you. So people think maybe you're not that good. And I was like, but I was an actor and I know that actors don't have a lot of money. I, I couldn't. So I'm an empath and ethically, I just didn't feel right about it. And then there was just this pivotal moment where then I was asked to get back into casting. Uh, someone hired me and I did the Dove self-esteem campaign. And I just, there was this moment where it was like, all these people who were auditioning for this commercial were lacking confidence. And then I started thinking about where I got my confidence and it was from improv. It was the rules of improv. The, you can't be stuck in the past because you can't change the past. And if you stay in your head on, on that, you're never going to be able to move forward. And if you're so anxious about what's going to happen next and you're trying to plan it in advance, you're not present. And then anytime I've been in therapy over the years for a variety of different reasons, cognitive behavioral therapy, same thing. It's about being present. It's about being in the moment. And so I just kind of had this aha moment and... 10, almost 11 years ago now, I started Playworks, which is literally the improv, but not to be a comedian necessarily or an actor. My passion is to use it more to teach people those principles for growth in their personal and professional life. Oh, that's, that's so my, cool. That's, <laughs> I tried to, I tried to uh, shorten it as much as possible. But yeah, and it's I'm like every guessing, different direction. Like I'm guessing people hear the word improv and they think either, oh, what the hell is she talking about? Yeah. Or like how would that, you know, relate to me? And I go back to kind of something you mentioned right at the start about, you know, with work and and laughter in the same sentence. But I also love what you're saying there about getting in the moment, you know, the the rumination on the past and the future tripping on the future. Like I've done a lot of both of those this week and gee, it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, and, and last night, you know, I was with uh, my kids and they had their school um, cross country running event yesterday and two of the, the girls, um, you know, they ran their little asses off and they were, you know, uh, you know, they did, they did really well. Um, and they was their, their legs were so tired last night. And I said, okay, I'll give you a little massage in your bed. So I went and got my kind of doTERRA oils and got the winter green one out, which is kind of a pretty strong smell, you know, a bit of coconut stuff. And then I was, and I was trying to give them a massage and the same thing happened with both of them. They were laughing like outrageously, like so loud that my husband said, can you stop that? It's like eight o'clock. They're supposed to be going to bed and they're squealing with laughter. Like I couldn't find the bit between laughter and like this hurts. It was just like squeal fest. And I was thinking, oh my God. Like we know that laughter and joy and play is so good for us. And really that is what life is about yet. Oh, you know, us adults, like, have we forgotten how, let alone in the context of work? So I'd love you to just take that wherever you like. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the one, one thing I always feel the need to tell people is my style of teaching. I mean, I've worked with accountants. I've worked with lawyers. I've worked with, you know, some of my clients are banks. I'm not... Cerebral people. Cerebral. Yes. And and 
and more a lot of the time introverts. So I'm not taking them so far out of their comfort zone that I'm making them make up a song on the spot or making them put on, you know, a dialect or an accent or hopping on one foot or dancing around. I keep it more to improv with think fast games, brain teaser games, like things where I'm putting you on the spot, but there's nothing on top of that, like adding a layer where physically you have to do something crazy, you know, that's going to make them even more uncomfortable. So it's about finding that sweet spot of, yes, you're uncomfortable, just like some people are uncomfortable just getting up in front of people and having all eyes on them. That's kind of as far as I go for that audience. And um, yeah, the idea of just them loosening up a little bit and just letting go a little bit and just laughing a little bit. It's like, what is the worst thing that could happen right now in this safe environment with your coworkers, either in person or online? You might not know what to say next. And you're going to say, um, and you're going to look up and you're going to look down. You're going to say, why can't I think of anything that starts with an H? That is not the worst thing you've ever been through before, right? So you're going to have that uncomfortable moment in a worst case scenario. And then you can only get better from there. It's like a muscle. The more you practice, the more it grows. And then the more you're like, boom, boom, boom. And you can think of a million things that start with that letter. Or you stop overthinking it and the self-doubt, that inner voice gets out of your head and you just go for it because what have we learned, especially now? You just It's almost it. making me think about like, it's. it sounds like it's just very human, isn't it? It's like, it's a human experience to be like dancing on the edge of that comfort zone. And yeah. some teams that I'm working with right now, understandably, like many, have lost a bit of their mojo because of all the reasons we know about how we've been working for that, you know, depending where they were to start with and then what's transpired in the last year or so. And so now they're looking to sort of put a bit of air back in the hot air balloon and um, kind of, you know, have a bit of fun together and reconnect. But it also makes me think of flow is what you're saying. Once you get into it, like that getting in that present moment of like it just starts flowing, which is something else that probably many of us are not experiencing much at the moment. Right. It's almost like tennis. It's like just the volley back and forth. You know, at first you can't get it over the net, but then the second you do, and then they hit it back to you, and then you hit it back. And then it's like, boom, boom. This is amazing. And everybody just, it's like that exhale of like, oh yeah, I'm just going for it. And it's, Again, especially in this time, it's it's been an amazing experience for me just to to be bringing joy to so many people. You know, who who are like, oh, I haven't laughed like that in so long, or oh, thank you, I I haven't just let loose. I'm so in my head and I'm so nervous all the time. You know, so uh, yeah, it's kind of been. Well, there's a testimonial a that you know. What a great client testimonial if someone says, I haven't laughed that long, you know, that much in a long time. Yeah, many. Like that's that's awesome. Um, for those listening, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, something they might be able to test out or apply either, the, you know, in their team or even if you give us an example of something, just, just so that people can get a bit of practicality around maybe how to inject a little fun. 
So how would they inject a little fun like in the workplace? I would say, okay, so here's the number one piece of feedback that I've gotten from people is that, you know, whoever the manager or the HR, who, you know, whoever is in charge of a particular team, they know that every team needs fun right now. So they'll be like, oh, we're going to do a cooking challenge. And then my clients will tell me after the fact, like, we're in the kitchen cooking every day. I don't want to cook for fun right now. That's not fun to me. So my first piece of advice would be to, you know, it's, it's never a good idea. And I'm using this analogy to have too many cooks in the kitchen. Everyone's going to have a different idea of what fun is. But I think it's important to let employees have a say in what they consider fun and try and bring that to the group. Because, you know, what you consider fun and what I consider fun is going to be completely different. Now, if everybody comes in with an open mind, you can hopefully make any experience fun. But I would say as a general uh, note, I think it's to really involve the team that's struggling in the decision making. And then there's, you know, any type of exercise, whether it's trivia, whether it's, you know, like I, I do a little bit of everything depending on what I'm specifically hired to put the focus on. Like sometimes it's building resilience, um, adapting to change, you know, whatever the goal is. But like even a very simple improv exercise that I'm happy to share that everyone can try is you take a pen. Everybody's got a pen at home. Take your pen and you're going to turn this pen into whatever object in the world you want to turn it into and just kind of act it out and then everybody guesses what it is. This is not about it being a guessing game. This is about thinking outside the box, which is very good for brainstorming, where, you know, I could, okay, and of course the audience can't see me right now, but you'll understand what I'm doing when I go, hello, oh, I'm just doing a podcast right now. Can I call you back? So I'm holding the pen to my ear as though it's a phone, right? And then someone else can make it a mustache and go, do you think I need to shave? And then someone else will, you know, make it nail polish and say something. And then someone inevitably in the group will go, oh, that was my idea. And then you have to remind them, it can be anything in the whole wide world. So don't worry that someone took your idea. There is no shortage you know, a rocket ship, five, four, three, two, one, a pillow. You know, it's just about really it's, it's, it's seeing an object and being able to go, okay, I need to forget that this is what it is. And I need to just be willing to play and be conducting an orchestra. And then you see the people that have fun with it. They don't just turn it into an object. They'll have a full funny conversation. Oh, did you see what Scott wrote on the on the whiteboard in our meet on our zoom meeting the other day and everybody's laughing because they were all in the meeting and they saw what Scott wrote, you know? Um, or there's one person who has really grown. I'm, their I'm hair. laughing just listening to this now. Like, you know, it's like, this is fun. Yeah. So it's just like, and again, once people are open to the bringing in the inside jokes and going, okay, if I'm doing it anyway, I might as well put the tiniest effort into it and then everyone's laughing and then everyone gets goofier and 
it, it, it just changes the, it changes the mood. It lowers the, the stress, like almost immediately. It, and it, it, it really now takes me back and it's funny. I mean, I've always used the word pivot a bit and now I know it's just like, you know, getting very overused. The other word that, um, you know, I might risk in bringing up is this sort of adaptable. And that's what's coming up for me now is, you know, we're, we're running the risk of sort of becoming one trick ponies at the moment because our the ways we're working have, have shifted and they're maybe not as diverse and complex as they were before um, in terms of the environment we're operating in. And so in terms of staying flexible and and one of those gears that we uh, might shift to is this human fun element, which is so connecting, isn't it? In, in this sort of heavily digital world to have these little bits of human connection, even if you're doing the session over Zoom, that doesn't matter. Like it's fun and you're in the moment and like you said, so many of us are so cerebral in our work that we're rarely, you know, doing that. Someone said to me last week, we've got this whole new thing at work where we were talking about bringing our whole selves to work. And I'm like, that old chestnut, we've been talking about that for years, <laughs> you know, and it's like, it, you know, okay, let's keep talking about it, but let's acknowledge the fact that the whole self is that, you know, we should be able to find and have a little bit of um, joy in our in our teams and just, you know, I think your work helps us inject some of that. Well, it helps teams own injecting some of that. And we, we did an episode back in uh, episode 63 about teams and that same idea of let the teams guide the development and then have some, you know, uh, facilitation to help make that happen so they can be the participants and they're not trying to do both those things. So, yeah, well, so it's great. It's interesting because when you mentioned bring your whole self to work, and you focused on the joy. What I'm finding now, this is just so funny because what I'm finding is the part of people's selves that they're not bringing to work is their vulnerability during this. Yeah, despite the fact we're here, oh, we're seeing, you know, people's backgrounds on Zoom and their cat. I'm like, that's not necessarily, I don't know, maybe for some people that is the whole person that is vulnerable. But yeah, like, tell me more what you're thinking, because I don't think it is. Well, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Because I think the way everybody has handled this is really different. And it's like, I'm not going to say I've handled this the best out of out of anyone. Like I've had hard days. But, you know, when I came into the pandemic, I had had shingles for six months and couldn't work. Like if, if I'm not working, my business isn't running. Like there's no one I can call to go and just do all my sessions and know all the people and all the, you know, and you can't train somebody when you're like flat on your back and can't move. So I was already a little bit scared financially, you know, a little bit like, okay, new year, full speed ahead, like a little bit over, like I was in like, total overdrive. Okay. It's okay. We're going to make up for it. It's all good. And, and then six weeks later, the whole world shut down. If I didn't take, I would say a week or plus I'd already been like literally stuck at home by myself for the whole like end of summer fall. So as much as the idea of like wanting to like get out and be with people and, and connect with people as much as that was really important to me, 
something told me that I need to not do anything for a good week or two to figure out how I was going to wrap my head around the fact that there is some pandemic and I might be stuck at home for a really long time now again with no income. Like I literally could have just lost it and I went, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to, I'm just going to catch up on movies because at least I wasn't in pain. Thank God. Right. The difference when you have shingles and you're stuck at home and you can't do anything is that like you are in severe pain. I'm going to connect with friends. That's when I started doing dance parties and Zoom calls. And and then I really did allow myself, because it's comfortable for me as an actor, I've always been okay being vulnerable. That's, that's part of the job, huge part of the job. But then I realized how important it was to help other people who might not be that comfortable to reach out and and... You know, some people drink too much. Some people had to eat too much. Some people had to totally withdraw from other people. Some people had to just complain, 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 and complain. It isn't fair. It's a none of that works, right? Eventually, there's going to be consequences. So now, getting back to like people being vulnerable, I think that's something that is not natural to the majority of people. And I think in organizations, it is so important for people to feel safe. And they don't for a number of reasons. There's still a stigma attached to mental illness. You know, they're not going to be like, I, I've been eating and drinking or I'm doing drugs and I don't know what to do and I, it's fogging my brain and I'm not getting work done. They don't want to get fired. So we're in this constant hamster wheel of you want them to communicate with you, but there's going to be consequences in their mind if they do. So I think there's like a much bigger picture of giving people permission to actually tell you what they need or tell someone else so, what yeah. they need, you know. But I definitely and, think and supporting for supporting managers, like people, leaders with some skills to be able to kind of, you know, ask that 100%. great question. Like there's a day here, I, I don't know if it's just Australian, called Are You Okay Day? And it's just like that, that, you know, the simplest question is like, are you okay? And how we often avoid just asking that. And I can relate. I was on radio recently talking about my challenging journey of going into menopause prematurely and being totally unprepared and not knowing what was going on for me and working on a team of, you know, in a male dominated industry as the only female Mm. and exec with a lot of males and a male boss. And I guess there was vulnerability there and I didn't I, I didn't communicate at the time all the challenges that I was going through because I was right in it and I was trying to figure out what was going on with me and my identity with all of that. But there was probably also something there around like, you know, am I going to be seen differently, treated differently, you know, seen as a weaker or whatever that is, which then, of course, only goes to reinforce this compulsion to push oneself and, you know, keep on marching down the path to burnout, you know. So, um, right. yeah, the vulnerability is scary, but the implications of stuffing stuff down, you know, we had a great episode on emotional intelligence where that's what Jim talked about, is the, the fear, you know, the health issues when we're not. So, yeah, it's right. a great so call. Even if, there's, even if it's someone else for the moment that you're speaking to, just to let it out, just to get some advice from 
to me, that you're still able to bring your whole self to work if you're at least in the acknowledgement of where you're struggling. You can't expect your manager to also be your therapist per se, right? So whether it's getting professional help or whatever, to me, bringing your whole self to work is so much more about just being completely aware of the challenges, asking for what you need. But I I do understand why, you know, and I've become that person for a lot of people. They're like, can I talk to you about what's going on? It's like, okay, I don't work for your organization, but if I can give you my two cents, I'm, I'm more than happy to. All because we all just need to know that we can feel safe with somebody. Even that allows you to bring your whole self because you don't have this big, dirty secret and you're trying to put on a brave face at every meeting. Such a great point and and a great place for us to wrap up because I often say, you know, the – the growth journey, okay, it's a bit of an inside game. It starts with us, but it doesn't end with us. And I believe we all need support. Oh, 100%. The people that I work with and coach, you know, I'm that person for them. And and it means, like, yes, I can I can provide support like you do and, and, you know, have some compassion, but also challenge them and hold them accountable and help make some shifts so we're not stuck in that rumination and we are getting clear on what we want and we're taking steps towards that. So... Really, that's the goal of this podcast is just to give people a little bit of inspo, a little bit of insight and a few ideas to fuel them on their rocky but real, messy, enlivening growth journey. And that's Mm. what this is about. And I I really appreciate what you've brought to the table today. And I've actually just loved this chat. I've really enjoyed it. It's just been great connecting with you. You as well. And I can say this, there's, um, now I'm going to screw up the quote, but there's a doctor, Dr. Stuart Brown, and he, he, he literally studies play. And he has a quote, again, I'm paraphrasing, you can look it up, he's, he's just, I, I would love to meet him one day. Because um, I didn't know about him when I started my business, but then over the years, I've, I've come to learn about him and saw his TED Talk, and he says something like, play is um, the best way to ignite the brain. And again, I'm paraphrasing you. Somebody can look it up or fact check it. Um, but, you know, I think that's that's the, you know, the best takeaway I can leave with everybody is just to make sure that whatever you are going through, that you at least take that moment to just find yeah. something that brings you joy to escape it for a little while. It's going to come back. The hell that we're all in is coming back. I'm not living in a world where I'm not in the middle of a right. lockdown during a pandemic. But the times I can get away from it, just make it doable, you know? And and in the in the circle in which you can influence. So if someone's listening and they're like, hell no, that I'm going to be having fun with my work team anytime soon. Well, what I would challenge everyone on is, you know, what they can influence. So I talk a lot about the, at my number one team, which is, you know, my husband and I and our family and, you know, we ha- I did an early episode and I'll link it, but, you know, we, we do our little daggy kind of um, number one team meeting each week and him and I talk on one of those agenda items, to be honest, and agenda sounds it's like not that formal, but it is literally planning for fun because in the midst of four children and a busy life and leadership yeah. and like many of you all out there juggling lots of balls, 
the fun ball can drop. So it's, it's literally an agenda item for us. It's like planning for fun. Like, you know, it could be that we're having, we're going to connect with some, some people could be that we're going to go somewhere and go for a different, you know, walk or run, or just, you know, try and get out for lunch. But even in, in lockdown, it was coming up with things to do as a family that we could do in the house, having a games night, a dress up night, the kids cooking, like just different, different things or with music. So I challenge all of you in the context that you can influence is just, you know, if you're not just already doing this, how you can actually, you know, build in and plan for a little bit of fun in your weeks, even if it's like half an hour sitting down on the floor with your kids, but something that gives you joy. Mm -hmm. Laurie, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate your time and I've loved this chat. It's been so great. Good. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. And stay awesome. well. Enjoy your Friday while I go and enjoy my Thursday night. Yeah, groovy. Let's get our groove on. Have a great week, Grow Tribe, and I will uh, talk to you all soon. Enjoy your growth. Thanks so much for being here and being part of the Grow Tribe. It would be amazing if you shared this podcast with others at home, at work, gave it a rate and review in Apple Podcasts and shared any ideas about what you want to hear more about or who you want to hear from. I love to hear your updates. If you're interested in learning about how to become a Chief Energy Officer, you're looking to fuel your impact and your performance, could be you, could be your team, have a look at the link in the show notes about where to start. And as always, drop me an email if you're looking for any support or you've got any insights that you want to share on growth. It's Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A at go to grow.com.au. Thanks everyone.